but when's the last time you've ever met somebody, had a great connection, and then a year later completely forgot about it, and then maybe bumped into them and go, oh yeah, that's right, you. Like, oh, I forgot about that. Like that is dangerous when what you're trying to do is build a community because those connections are the lifeblood of the community. And so if you become very unintentional about the people that you're connecting with, the people the Holy Spirit's bringing into your life, if you're not listing them, if you're not praying for them, if you're not thinking about them, if you're just seeing them as a big group and just hoping that they magically pop into your head at the right intervals at the right time when you're trying to invite people to various things, you're not going to this is not going to work. Um, there's just too many people. What you can imagine is your network crosses 100 people, how impossible it'll be for you to think that you're going to just magically be able to steward that properly um, and connect with those people at the right in the right intervals and invite them at the right times um, just by doing it on the fly. Welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called A House for Community, where we provide households with personal coaching for how to build a community and turn your home into a hub for community relationships. So if you're interested in learning more about A Thousand Houses or checking out some of our other resources, visit 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. How many people do you really know? Are you right now connected with? That is a challenging thing to try to keep up with. And especially in a day and age of social media, it can be hard to know, okay, what, what does my network really look like? And so one of the things that we want to encourage you guys to do and take very seriously is how to steward your network. And we really like this tool or this image of, of seeing our network as a series of orbits. And so this whole conversation we want to have right now is about the process of committing to stewarding your orbits, what that looks like. And part of this is that our networks are always in this constant state of flux, and this can be really challenging to keep up with, but it's critical if you're going to build this kind of a community hub. Now, uh, there was a British anthropologist named Robin Dunbar, and he actually discovered a cognitive limit for the number of people with whom you can maintain a stable social relationship with. And Dunbar, as, long as, as well as other anthropologists and sociologists, have been kind of uh, really honing in on this, this number. Um, they really found that between 100 and 250 people is somewhere where the number is, but the, but the Dunbar number, the one that most people reference, is actually 150. And that idea is that, it, is that about 150 people is about the max a normal person with a normal-sized brain and a normal ability to connect can really maintain those connections in a stable way. And that also includes really understanding you know, how that whole network functions, how those different people interrelate. 150 people is about the max. And Dunbar has done even more research on this in terms of um, the, there are diff different groupings. He talks about the group of 5, 15, 35, and 150. And all of this really... Um, is reminds me of another guy 2,000 years ago who had a very similar approach to really tracking and naming and, and intentionally stewarding his network of orbits. And that guy's name was Jesus. Um, he was excellent at this. And if you read the New Testament and the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus um, has a group of three, a group of 12, a group of 72, and then uh, crowds of people. And he seems to very clearly distinguish between who is in each group. And in fact, when you're reading the New Testament, we actually have the list of the people who are in the th group of three and the people who are listed, listed in a group of 12. 
And so, and then even in Acts 1, when Jesus left, we know that in the upper room, we're given a number that there was 120 people that were part of that early expression of the church right before the Holy Spirit came during Pentecost. Why are all these numbers given in the New Testament? Why are, we, why are their names listed? Well, part of this is because Jesus was actually very intentional about how people interacted with him based on where they were in, re- in regards to these orbits. Because you don't have an unlimited amount of energy to pour into hundreds of different people. And if you don't take seriously thinking through these various orbits, then, then inevitably you're going to really neglect people that you need to be focusing on that are really in a close orbit. Um, you're going to be losing connection with people that are in a more distant orbit. You're not going to really understand how to uh, properly and intentionally steward that group of people. Um, so this is ex- ex- especially important for what we're talking about in terms of building community because inside of an institutional framework, um, determining who is in and who is out becomes just sort of a matter of who's attending church, who's gone through the membership class, who signed up for membership, who uh, you can kind of tell based on those things what where people are at, where their commitment level is. And of course, some churches have this very, very nailed down where they have attendance records and it's real, very clear to them exactly who is in, who's out um, of that group and who they who are they're stewarding. Um, and in a, as people do that, um, that, it's understandable why they would want to track those things. But as you kind of move away from that institutional framework, you might think, well, that's just a part of that institution. But actually, the, the need to be intentional, I believe, goes even higher when you do something that's, that's more organic. Um, because the danger here is that as you begin to function in that organic fashion, you are doing the really hard work of making sure that you're being aware of the relational connections you're having with people. But when's the last time you've ever met somebody, had a great connection, and then a year later completely forgot about it, and then maybe bumped into them and go, oh, yeah, that's right, you. Like, oh, I forgot about that. Like, that is dangerous when what you're trying to do is build a community because those connections are the lifeblood of the community. And so if you become very unintentional about the people that you're connecting with, the people the Holy Spirit's bringing into your life, if you're not listing them, if you're not praying for them, if you're not thinking about them, if you're just seeing them as a big group and just hoping that they magically pop into your head at the right intervals at the right time when you're trying to invite people to various things, you're not gonna, this is not going to work. Um, there's just too many people. What you can imagine as your network crosses 100 people, how impossible it'll be for you to think that you're going to just magically be able to steward that properly um, and connect with those people at the right, in the right intervals and invite them at the right times um, just by doing it on the fly. But we think that this is how it works. And this did not work for Jesus, who himself was the Son of God um, and was full of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to work for us. Jesus had a very clear series of orbits. He named people. He invited them in, into those orbits, and really intentionally stewarded each one differently. And we have to do the same thing if we're going to be, begin to build a, a community hub. So how do we do this? And there's different ways to do this. You might develop a tool that works for you, and that's great. Whatever tool, tool works for you to be intentional. If you don't have a tool, you don't know how to build one, you can use the one that I'm using. It's very simple. I, cre- I create a, a map. I, I draw a map of my relational network through just keeping track of them on a spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet has really four elements. I'll put a picture of that on here so you guys can see kind of what that looks like. But this is a very simple way to do it. The four orbits are close orbit, um, uh, on deck, mid orbit, and distant orbit. Those are the four kind of groups, groupings that I try to track in my own relational network. Um, close orbit, these are the people that are in my household and in my immediate community. They've already moved very close to, to me. 
they're, I'm in an active discipleship relationship or uh, once or twice a week minimum. They're part of our household and various things we're doing uh, in our community. They've been doing that and, and seem to be committed to that for some time. They're in my close orbit. I feel very much like I want to be close to them. I want to know what's going on in their lives. If something's going on that there's a crisis, I'm there. Like th- There's an interdependent relationship I've developed with these people in, in that close orbit that I want to really honor in every way that I possibly can. Um, the next layer, the next orbit out from there, I call these people, I like to just call this on deck. And so these are people that I'm wondering if they should be in the close orbit. Um, so I, I really want to think about how I'm stewarding those relationships and connections and friendships. And my goal for people that are on deck is really to, over the course of several weeks or months, determine which direction they're going to go. Are they going to go down into the mid-orbit or are they going to go up into the close orbit? But these are the people that I'm really actively pursuing. You know, I'm trying to you know, meet them for coffee. I'm inviting them over to open suppers. I'm getting them over to my house for a Sabbath. I'm you know, talking to our community about them or to our household. I'm, so these are, these are, this is a very important group. And so I'm very, probably very active on a regular basis um, at really thinking through where those relationships are headed. I'm praying a lot about each of those people and wondering, Holy Spirit, what are you doing with each of these people? Is this somebody that you're calling us to get closer to? Is this somebody that we're just supposed to be connected with and not necessarily you know, uh, building our, or unfolding in, into the community? Um, the third group is mid-orbit. Th- these are just the, my friends um, that I like to stay connected with and make sure that every couple of months, you know, I reach out to, you know, see how they're doing. I do tend to invite these people to things maybe once or twice a month. Um, I want to make sure I stay, keep these connections uh, vibrant. I'm, I'm praying for this group. Um, oftentimes, people that are in this group, because of, you know, maybe a move or a shift or something they might say to me, I might go, oh, they're, they might get bumped up into that on-deck group, and I'm gonna, going to be pursuing them a little bit more um, intentionally and closely. So, um, so, but that's also a very important group, and this is where I spend a lot of my time, you know, making sure that I'm maintaining good relationships with friendships from the past as well in that mid-group. And then there's my final one, which is sort of a distant orbit, where I don't know exactly what the connection is, but I feel like it's something that I should not lose lose sight of. And so there are people that maybe in this season, it doesn't make sense for us to spend a lot of time together, but either we had a really good season in the past or I could see that really changing in the future. And so I just kind of would ping them every once in a while, make sure that that uh, we're, we're staying connected in that way. Um, and so these are, I kind of call the distant orbit my Christmas letter list. You know, people that you want to make sure they know what's going on in your life and you really want to know what's going on in their life, but there's not enough going on that it's, it's a constant um, connection. So that's sort of my relational database. Um, and, uh, and I find that really, really important to keep. And that has been incredibly helpful uh, in terms of the process of building community. So exactly how, how does somebody utilize um, a map like this? And, and so I, I use mine in three ways. Um, the first way, you've heard me mention it several times, and this is something I do basically every single morning, is I have it open every morning when I spend time praying for people. Um, and so I have it there, um, and I'm looking at those names. And I have done both. I've taken times where I've just said, Holy Spirit, bring people to mind, or, you know, I'll, I'll sit there. And, but I'll, it's weird. When I have that open and then I'm praying, then the names that get highlighted, it seems a lot more intentional, a lot clearer. There are people oftentimes that when I'm not opening uh, that list, um, I'm like, oh, I think I was supposed to reach out to that person this week, but I, they just didn't cross my mind. Again, it's really important to be careful not to just rely on, 
all the busy things that are happening in your mind. I think there's a Chinese proverb that says the weakest pen is stronger than the strongest memory. And this is like one of those moments where you need to know, like the list is really helpful and it's a tool that you're going to need because your mind is not always going to uh, trigger the right, the right uh, people's uh, faces or names at the right moments. So um, prayer, I, I try to pray for five people every day and oftentimes I'm pulling them from various orbits in the list. Um, and I'm all, all also asking the Holy Spirit, like, what do you want me to do, Lord? What's next with this person? Um, should this person actually be on deck? Should this person be moved to mid-orbit? Is this person now becoming a part of the, the closest orbit of our household and our community? Um, if so, what does it look like for me to make sure that they feel fully enfolded into what we're doing? And so those are, those are basic questions I'm asking as I'm praying every morning. Um, the second uh, way I use this is on a weekly basis, anytime I'm inviting people to events. So usually uh, Monday or Tuesday, I'll, I'll send out um, on our WhatsApp for, to our community. Hey guys, it's a great time to think about who to invite for open table. Um, or I might say to our community, and also remember it's guys night or girls night this week. Um, here are some people that have been coming to open table. Do you want to invite them to that? If it's not my connection, I'll, I'll encourage the person who has been inviting them to open supper um, to invite them to that. So that is also how I use it. And so I'm always like thinking, okay, who, who on this list? Um, certainly the people that are on deck are always on my mind when it comes to inviting to our connecting events like Open, open, open Supper. And then the last thing I do um, to, to utilize the map is that I am doing a constant assessment, usually at least once a month. I'll just kind of take a big step back and look at kind of all of these different people and just saying, okay, where are they all in the right place? Is, is there somebody who's really being highlighted? Well, that happens a lot during the prayer time, but I also want to make sure that I'm adding people to, to, to the list. If, if I have a conversation with somebody, if I'm just right after meeting somebody at a coffee shop and, you know, we've had a great connection, spent 30 minutes, you know, just chatting and I've got their number, I've got their email address, then I'll make sure to, you know, send myself a note like add them tomorrow morning to, to the spreadsheet so that I am faithfully following up and I'm, I'm stewarding that, that person's connect, that connection. Um, so again, when you're doing things in an organic fashion, you can think all systems are gone. But what's really important to understand is that when you're doing something in an organic fashion, then, then it can really lack the intentionality that it requires to get any traction at all. And so you have to have some basic systems that help make sure that you are staying intentional. Um, and so this is one of those basic ones that has been an absolute um, uh, lifesaver for the, for the development and momentum of our community. And I think that for each of you guys, this will be really, really critical. So as you think about this, um, here are some questions for you to process. Are you uh, ready to be intentional about your network, about stewarding your relationships? Um, what excites you about using a tool like this? What um, uh, resistance do you feel? And the assignment is start to make a map of your relational network. And so you can put, I usually put names, email addresses, sometimes addresses, definitely phone numbers for texting. Um, those are some of the basic things I like to capture. And then usually a section for notes so I can just kind of uh, process the last connection I had with them or anything I feel like the Holy Spirit might be revealing. Um, but this is something that you need to take a little bit of time. It doesn't take forever, um, but this is really fun. Again, this should be a relational process as you do it. Um, so as you're thinking about that person, you're like, oh, yeah, like, like allow your heart to come alive for people as you're writing down their names and as you're taking little notes about them. Um, and, you know, send them a text, send them an email if, if, uh, if something comes to mind or, or a word of encouragement comes to you. Um, and really begin to allow this, this sort of system to become a very 
natural relational experience for you, for your relationship with the Lord as you're praying for people, and then for your relationship with them. You should be known in your network as somebody who's really good at developing deeper relationships. And this kind of tool will immediately put you in that top 1% because most people are so unintentional about their network. And we can't afford to do that if we're building a community. So uh, take some time, begin to draw out that map, what that looks like for you, for your household, for your connections. And let's talk about the best ways to use this tool um, in our next coaching meeting. Friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you and your family are sensing any kind of calling or a pool to maybe go down this path in community, we'd love to be a resource to you as you explore this. So if that's you, we want to invite you to join our coaching intensive called A House for Community, where we're going to combine online content and personal coaching for you to provide you with the teaching and the tools and definitely the encouragement that you're going to need to see your home become a house for healthy kingdom relationships. For more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org community coaching. We'll see you guys for the next episode.